This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or worshiping with us for the very first time, we welcome you. We're so glad you've chosen to worship with us this day. Friends, today we continue our journey into scripture, exploring the unexpectedness of our God. God is always at work in unexpected ways, through unexpected people, unexpected circumstances, and often pushing the boundaries of what we've come to expect in this world. As we continue to journey as God's people through an unexpected season, let us open our hearts more fully to the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Let us prepare our hearts for worship.
please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let us worship God together. My friends, the grace of God overflows for us through Christ Jesus who came into the world to save sinners. And so trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin before God. Please join me in your home worship bulletin as we offer our prayer of confession together. Let us pray. Merciful God, too often we claim what is yours as our own. Too often we ignore your leading and your charge for our lives. We prefer to be in control. We prefer to call the shots. We prefer to live as if we belong only to ourselves or to the things of this world and ignore the truth that in reality, we belong solely to you. Forgive us, O oh God, for insisting that we sit in the driver's seat. Forgive us for our inability to turn our hearts and souls fully toward you and toward your purpose. Instill in us a longing to serve you alone. Melt and mold our hearts and our lives to be a reflection of the one in whom we live and move and have our being. People of God, hear the good news. The Lord is faithful in all God's words and deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Hello, my young friends. It's great to see you today. I brought some visitors with me today. You might recognize them. These are very popular toys in my house. Woody and Jesse from Toy Story. Great movies if you haven't seen them. But I brought them today because something that is really important in all the Toy Story movies is that it is very clear all the time who these toys belong to. Can you see these little feet? On Jesse's boot, on Woody's boot is the name Andy. 
so that everybody knows whether these toys get lost or, or cast aside or, or misplaced or left somewhere, anybody who picks up these two toys is gonna know that they belong to Andy. You know, that got me thinking. I don't know, it's been a while, but I know many times when we have been together, we have baptized someone. Do you remember doing that? When we have sprinkled water on someone's head. And I know there are a few new babies in our congregation that we look forward to baptizing when it's safe for us to be together. But one of the things I want to point out about baptism today is that when we are baptized, when that water is sprinkled on our heads, whether we're a baby or a child or a grown-up, when that water is sprinkled on our heads, we are reminded of something that has been true for our whole lives. But in that moment, we are proclaiming it. And do you wanna know what it is? When we sprinkle water on anyone's head in baptism, we are proclaiming you belong to God. You belong to God. And that is a reminder that no matter where we go, no matter what we do, no matter what we walk through or what we find in this life or where we end up or what sort of situation we are in, we belong to God. And that is a truth that we are reminded of throughout scripture. It is a truth we are reminded of every time we baptize a child or a grown-up, every time we gather around that baptismal font. We are reminded that whoever's being baptized reminds, belongs to God. And we are being, being reminded that all of us, all of us, you and me, your parents, your grandparents, your friends, strangers, everyone who you see belongs to God. And that is a beautiful gift that we have in this world to know that we are filled with the love of God and the compassion of God and that we belong heart and soul to God always, always, and always. It is never something we can ever lose. We will always belong to God. In the same way, these, my friends, these actually belong to MJ and Ben. In fact, I think the other feet at some point said that. But these belonged to Andy. And we belong to God. We are going to offer a prayer together. But I want you to remember, whenever you are playing with your toys or if you're writing your name on a brand new toy because you want everyone to know it belongs to you, I want you to also remember who you belong to. You are a precious child of God and that has always been true and will always be true. Let's pray together. You can repeat after me. Dear God, we thank you that we belong to you. Help us to carry your love and your hope and your peace 
into this world. Amen. Thanks for being with me. My friends say bye too. Have a great week. See you soon. As we prepare our hearts for worship, let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Today we explore the unexpectedness of God in an unexpected charge that was given to God's people. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Then they sent to him some Pharisees and some Herodians to trap him in what he said. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and show deference to no one for you do not regard people with partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why are you putting me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me see it. And they brought one then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Jesus said to them, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, it's a true interrogation story that we have stumbled upon here in the middle of Mark. The Pharisees and Herodians are buttering Jesus up like a breakfast biscuit in hopes, in hopes of trapping him, trapping him into a corner over a question about taxes. Because they know that a negative response by Jesus would cast him as a seditious enemy of Rome. And they know a positive response would undermine his popularity with all these people. And so they go to work. Because one way or another, between the Pharisees and the Herodians, they are committed that this famed teacher is going down. And so the buttering begins. Oh, teacher, good teacher, we know you are sincere. We know you show deference to no one. We, we know that you do not regard people with partiality. We know you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. So, you know, we just have one question and you are just the perfect person to answer it. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Is that, is that a new cloak, by the way? I, I was just, I was curious. Anyway, back to my question. It's, it's a very simple one. I would love for you to weigh in. So, so is it lawful? So, I mean, you know, is it permissible according to Jewish law? 
Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? You know, should we pay them or should we not? So Jesus asks for a coin, right? Simple denarius that would have been available in that area at the time. And the coin is produced and Jesus asks, whose image and inscription are these? And they respond, well, Caesar's. Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Now bear in mind for a moment that the people who asked this question are now sitting here absolutely stumped and confused and angry, wondering how in the world Jesus weaseled his way out of this one. He was supposed to get hurt on one side or another of this. What just happened? And that's an easy place for us to get distracted, wondering how these people might have responded. What does this really mean about taxes? I'm confused. Are we supposed to pay them still? Are we not? It's easy for us to get stuck there too. But I think that what we are really called to explore is the depth of Jesus' answer that lies underneath the surface. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Okay, come with me here. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And according to the equation that Jesus presented, what is it that is Caesar's? That which bears Caesar's image. Got it? Okay. So give to God what is God's. And then what is God's? That which bears God's image. What is it that bears God's image? I'm hoping you know this already, but the trick is it's not a what, it's a who. And to get very clear about who this is, we travel all the way back to the beginning of Genesis in the story of creation. So God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, God created them. Give to God what is God's. So give to God that which bears God's image. In theory, I think we're all pretty okay with the idea of belonging to God. In reality, I'm not always so sure because there's a lot of obligation when we belong somewhere. We like to think we might belong to ourselves or to our family or to a nation or a church or a club. But to God? We belong to God? 
And we've all seen this, this truth proclaimed many times. Anytime we have witnessed a baptism, we have seen this truth proclaimed. And in baptism, every single time we proclaim, we belong to God, only to God. We don't even belong to the parents presenting us for baptism in the same way we belong to God. In baptism, God claims us in water, marks us as God's own forever. And this claim of God, this belonging to God, it becomes more and more important the longer we wander in this life. So many individuals, so many institutions, they are trying to declare ownership over us right and left. Look around your world right now. Who is vying for your heart and your attention and your devotion and your wallet and your loyalty? Who is it? What is it? So many things kingdoms of this earth are trying to trap us in corners, begging for our loyalty. And our baptism reminds us, you belong to God. As the Reverend Vicki Flippin puts it, to the prisoner, Baptism means you do not belong to the bars and chains around you. You belong to God. To the addicted, it means you do not belong to the thing which you crave. You belong to God. To the dying, it means you do not belong to this body or to that cancer. You belong to God. To the patriot, it means you do not belong to this nation or any political party it contains. You belong to God. To the debtor, it means you do not belong to any bank or credit card company. You belong to God. I'm sure you're catching on now. To the empty, to the overworked, it means you do not belong to your company. You belong to God. To the depressed, it means you do not belong to this sadness. You belong to God. To the abused, it means you do not belong to the person or the memories that hurt you. You belong to God. And even though in this world it might feel like or look like or smell like or hurt like, you belong to all these other things. Reverend Flippin says, as sure as water is wet and God is good, the voice from heaven proclaims, you belong to God. And here Jesus is kind of saying the same thing, except he's doing it with these coins. And he's saying, you know, these coins, these things you obsess about so much on this earth, these same things that have no meaning or importance outside of this earth, they may belong to Caesar. So so give them to Caesar. But you, you, my beloved, you belong wholly and completely to God. And that means nothing else on this earth can ever own you or define you or give you worth. You belong to God. So give to God what is God's. Give yourself, you, the one who bears God's image, give of your whole self to God. And here we encounter the charge that no one saw coming. 
Everyone expected Jesus to be cornered into supporting Rome or not, into supporting taxes or not, and instead Jesus escapes the corner in which they tried to trap him. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, sure. But give to God what is God's. In this simple yet demanding charge, Jesus not only professes the truth of our belonging, Jesus also makes it clear that this belonging places a demand, a charge upon our lives. Give to God what is God's. Fred Craddock, in an address to ministers one time, explained... You know, we think of giving our all to the Lord. We think it's like giving, putting a, a thousand dollar bill, laying it on a table and saying, here's my life, Lord. I'm giving you all of it. But the reality for most of us is that the Lord sends us back to the bank and has us cash in that thousand dollar bill for quarters. And we go through life being asked to put 25 cents here or 50 cents there. Listening to the troubles of a child who lives next door rather than saying, I don't have time. Going to a committee meeting at the church where we seek to serve God faithfully giving a cup of water to a homeless man sitting on a park bench. Usually giving our life to Christ isn't glorious, Craddock says. It's done in all those little acts of love, 25 cents at a time. It'd be easy to go out with a flash of glory it's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. And yet, my friends, we belong to God. And that is exactly what Jesus calls us to every single day in every aspect of our lives. It is not a charge to give half of ourselves or only the parts that are easy, or only the ones that make life comfortable, or only the ones that match my political persuasion and preference. The challenge is to give it all. It may be 25 cents at a time, but God wants it all. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Sure. But give to God. What is God's? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together, let us state what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. My friends, as we seek to open our hearts and minds to God's work among us and within us, let us prepare our hearts to turn to God in prayer. At this time, I invite you to take a look at your home worship bulletin as we pause for prayer. We invite you to take a piece of paper and a pen or talk with those who you are worshiping alongside this day and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. The first question is, what in this world is vying for ownership of your heart and your soul and your devotion? The second question is, where do you turn when you need to be reminded that you belong to God? And the third question is, how is God asking for 25 cents from you this week or this day or this hour? We're gonna encourage you to pause the video at this time and sit with these questions for a few minutes. When you're done writing or sharing with those who you are worshiping alongside, feel free to start the video again and we'll enter into a time of prayer together. A portion of this prayer was adapted from Brother Roger of Teze. Let us pray together. Loving God, we give you thanks for all the places we see and feel your presence. In the smiles of loved ones, in the beauty of your creation, in each act of kindness that we give and receive. Open our eyes and hearts to a deeper awareness of your loving presence. We pray for healing. You know the places in our lives and our world that are broken and wounded. May your loving presence bring comfort to those hurting places. We pray for our leaders. Give them wisdom to lead us during this season of pandemic and protest. May your will be done. You promise that when we don't know how to pray, when our groans are too deep for words, your Holy Spirit prays for us. Remind us often of that promise. Lord Christ, at times we are like strangers on this earth, taken aback by all the violence, the harsh oppositions. Like a gentle breeze, you breathe upon us the spirit of peace. Transfigure the deserts of our doubts and so prepare us to be hearers and bearers of reconciliation wherever you place us until the day when a hope of peace dawns in our world. We pray this and all things in Jesus' name, amen. My friends, you bear the image of God. You belong heart 
and soul to God. And so sure, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But give to God what is God's. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, may it be with you, with those you love, with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.